Hey Trademark, how's it going? I'm up here in beautiful Big Bear, California at Camp Sahali. We've just finished up Holy Sweat this week. Uh, it's, it's been an incredible time, an incredible experience. If you see a Holy Sweat student, grab them, ask them about their week, ask them about the things they learned, ask them about what God's been doing in their life. We've had some powerful things come out in our time together of worship, prayer, devotionals. It, it's been a good week. I'm blessed to be a part of Holy Sweat. I wanted to bring you this morning's message from the mountains, because why not? You can turn to Psalm 32 if you have your Bibles. If you don't, you can go ahead, pause the video, grab them, all that stuff, and we'll come right back. Hopefully you have a Bible, pen, paper, all that stuff. We've been in our series playlist for the last, I think this is week five, something like that. This is kind of our summer series, looking at music in our world and seeing the truth that it has in it as it relates to Scripture. We, we, we see that all truth is God's truth. And so even secular artists, even people who don't know the Lord at all, will stumble upon truth in their music, in their writing, in their poetry. And we want to seek to, to find that truth, to, to redeem it, and, and apply it to our lives. So the song that I've selected today, we'll start right here, is a song by Billie Eilish called Bellyache. And, and I'll read a, a couple lyrics here for you. It goes like this. I lost my mind. I don't mind. Where's my mind? Where's my mind? Maybe it's in the gutter where I left my lover. What an expensive fate. My bee is for vendetta. Thought that I'd feel better, but now I got a bellyache. Interesting song. Billie Eilish is an interesting artist. Uh, some interesting music. Uh, you, you may want to explore some of, some of the different themes and things that she talks about. Very interesting person to watch and follow and, and see what she has to say. She has some interesting messages. And, and this song is one of them. The song Bellyache. She writes about it and, and says that this is a song about a convicted killer who feels the guilt of what he's done eating up at him, and, and it's aching inside of him and, and tearing him apart. And she's exploring this concept, which is a really interesting thing to explore in a song, kind of enjoyable to, to listen to, kind of enjoyable to, to read the, the thoughts going on here. But I connected this with Psalm 32, where, where David writes about his own guilt. The psalm goes like this in Psalm 32, and we'll read the whole thing. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away, through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, 
and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the things that, that scripture teaches us. I pray that in the few moments we spend together this morning, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would work in us through your word. Pray that we would feel the weight of guilt and, and also feel the incredible refuge of repentance and forgiveness. Father, we love you. We thank you. Amen. Well, I, I love this psalm. This psalm is a psalm that we think David wrote at a time when he was coming out of deep sin. If you know the story of David and Bathsheba, David took the wife of another man and slept with her and then had this man killed in order to cover up his sin. And, and so we think that he wrote this psalm as he was battling through just the weight of that guilt and, and the shame that surrounded that, that deep and awfully heinous sin. And the product of that experience is this psalm. And this is a psalm about guilt, but, but, but more than a song about guilt, it's a song about the joy of confession and the joy of repentance and the joy of the Lord for repentant sinners. The gospel is in Psalm 32. I, I'd like to look at it just one section at a time. David opens saying, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. There is something wonderful about the innocence of conscience, of, of avoiding sin. And I think David's first words to those of us deep in sin would be to, to stray from it, to avoid from it. A allow these feelings of guilt, allow this bellyache, as Billy would say, allow this bellyache to, to work as a, a protection against future sin. As you are in the midst of guilt, as you are in the midst of, of deep shame, Hold on to those feelings and use them. That maybe seem like an odd thing to say. Often we say we, we, we want to give our guilt to God and give our shame to God. And that's true and there's a place for that in this psalm. But, but the first use of our guilt and our shame is to remind us of how awful sin tastes in our mouth. And we want to remember that bitter taste. We want to remember how awful sin is and use that to our advantage. Use that as a weapon against the enemy in fighting sin. So remember the blessedness of innocence and remember the horrible taste of guilt. David examines this taste in verse 3 and 4. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. And this is true for any of you who have dealt with feelings of guilt, feelings of shame, just the, the weight that sin bears on your conscience, the weight sin bears on your soul. You know this feeling, and, and I, I can say I'm familiar with this feeling. When, when I've kept silent to my sin, when I've bottled it up inside, when, when I've kept it to myself, when I've kept it hidden, my bones begin to waste away. This is the, the truth of, of all sinners. As we neglect confession, as we, as we neglect the Lord, we find our sin just eating us up inside. 
And, and I'm sure you can think of people, and you know people in your life maybe who have held on to, to guilt, and they've, they've held on to things for so long, and they haven't let it go. And, and it eats them up inside, and they become these, these bitter, uh, hurting people because they haven't let go of their guilt. This is the feeling that Billie Eilish explores in her song, the, the bellyache of, of someone so twisted and contorted by their sin, examining where is my mind? What happened to me? Where, where have I even gone? She says that this is the song of, of someone who, who realizes in a moment how depraved and awful their life truly is. That, that this song, although it's about a murderer, we can all relate with it because we've all done things at one point or another in our lives where, where we've stepped back and said, what did I just do? How did I end up here? And this is where sin will take us. You've heard the adage, sin will take you further than, when you, than you wanna go, keep you longer than you wanna stay and cost you more than you wanna pay. This is the truth of sin. This is the truth of guilt. And if you hold on to your sin, it will eat you up inside and gnaw at your bones Verse 4 says, day and night your hand was heavy upon me. The hand of the Lord is heavy upon sinners. The, the, the hand of the Lord, it, and this is a grace of God. This is a grace of God. He would put his hand on our life and press us and say, hey, this is not how you ought to live. There is something better for you. And, and the hand of God is, is, is not a pressure just of punishment. It's a hand of discipline in order to invite us into confession and invite us into repentance. This is the true message of Psalm 32. That, that this is not a, a psalm exploring how awful guilt and shame is and, and asking you to wallow in those feelings and, and feel so terrible and sorry for yourself. But this is a psalm inviting us out of the weight of guilt, inviting us out of the weight of shame, inviting us out of sin and into the glory of confession. If guilt is a sickness, then confession is the remedy. If guilt is a sickness, then confession is the remedy. David says in verse 5, I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. This is the promise of the gospel found in Psalm 32, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is the truth of what Jesus is. His message to the world is not a message of condemnation for sin. It's a message of grace towards sinners. Yes, sin is terrible. Yes, God will judge the world. And yes, there will come a day when all of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for every careless word, thought, and deed. But the message of the gospel and the message of Christ is a message of grace. A message of invitation to sinners like you and me, calling us out of sin, calling us into repentance, calling us into the joy of confession. And, and Christian, I would call you into the same joy. I would impress upon you, confess your sin. And, and this is what David impresses upon sinners. In verse six, therefore let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. Trademark, this is a time when the Lord may be found. This is a time when the, the, the grace of God is near to us, inviting us out of darkness. There will be a time when the Lord will not be near to be found. There will be a time when judgment comes to the world. And in that time, there will not be an opportunity for repentance. There will not be an opportunity for confession. All that will await us is the, the, the judgment and the torment of hell. So, so confess your sin. Come out of darkness. Come into the light. The grace of God is extended to you. 
This is a time when the Lord may be found. So seek him, confess him. And surely when the waters of judgment, th- th- this metaphor of waters is one in, in scripture all, all throughout. And it's the idea of God's judgment coming against the world. Surely the judgment of God will not reach you if you will confess and if you will repent. Confession is a means of healing. And God is a refuge for sinners. This is a truth that can often be missed in our world. We can feel as though God is an angry old man up in heaven waiting to to, to send a lightning bolt down on us in the midst of our sin, waiting to punish us for 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 our, our mess ups and failures and we're just we live life waiting for the other shoe to drop we, we live life running and hiding from God and, and I don't know about you but this is certainly something I've seen in my life and felt in my heart that, that in the midst of sin I often run from God rather than to God and this is exactly the opposite of how it ought to be God is a refuge for sinners these are the words of David you are a hiding place for me You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Christian, in the midst of your sin, turn to Christ. Run to him. He is your refuge. He is your only hope. He is your only means of deliverance from sin. You will not find it in the world. You will not find it in a self-help book. You, You will not find it in a counseling session. The only means of escaping sin is Christ himself. So run to God. Run to Christ. Run to the Father. And find refuge for your soul. Find healing for your broken heart. Find rest for your weariness. The Lord speaks in verse 8 and 9. I will instruct in you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. This is the heart of God inviting us to himself, offering instruction, offering teaching, offering help, offering counsel. This is what God would say to you and I as sinners. He does not say, I'm angry at you. He does not say, I hate you. He does not say, you're a failure or a screw up. He says, come to me and let me help you. Let me give you wise counsel. Let me teach you in the way you should go. Let me lead you out of sin and into paths of righteousness. The means of escaping sin is not trying so hard on your own. It's running to Christ and and focusing on him. Only a love for Christ will surpass the love of sin. You and I have a bent towards sin. There's something broken inside of us. There's something broken inside of our hearts. And we want sin. We love sin. And and it seems like we can't escape sin. And the solution is, it is not more sin. The, the solution is not self-control and self-restraint, but the solution is a love of Christ. We say this every week, Jesus, you are better than anything in this world. And that is the escape of sin, that Jesus is better than the passion and pleasure of sin. And the only way that you will escape sin is by clinging to Christ. Be not like a horse or a mule. Don't be stubborn in your sin. Don't don't be stubborn avoiding confession, avoiding repentance. Maybe this is you and you hear my words today and you know it's true and yet you you want to hold on. You want to keep it hidden. And I can tell you all it will do is eat at you and gnaw away at you and grab at your soul. And God would invite you out of stubbornness and into the joy of confession and into the joy of repentance. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, 
but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. It is so encouraging to me that, that a psalm about David's guilt and shame ends with rejoicing. A- a- and this is what's true for us. When we confess, when we repent, we find joy in God. We, we find pleasure from the Father. It, it is the only way to escape the cycle of hurt and, and pain and guilt and shame. Turn to Christ and find joy everlasting. It, it, it encourages me that, that although David was eaten up with guilt, although David was eaten up with, with shame and, and regret over what he'd done, he can find joy in Christ through repentance. This is the invitation for you and me. This morning, Trademark, would, would you turn to, to Christ? Would you run from sin and run to Christ? Would you turn your affections onto Christ and, and through that and that alone, find an escape from the clutches of sin and find joy in your Father? Let me pray for you as we close. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you are a God who loves sinners, that you don't come after us with, with a stick to beat us, but you come after us with open arms and a tender heart a warm embrace calling us to you. Father, I pray that we'd answer that call, that we would leave our sin, we would leave our transgression, we would leave our habits and and our patterns of behavior, and that we would run to you. I, I pray that as our guilt eats us up inside, that we would confess it to you, that we would give it up, that we would release it, that we would allow you to, to take it from us. You already carried the weight of our sin on the cross. How could we carry it anymore in our hearts? I pray that we'd give it over to you, Lord. Pray that you'd take that burden and replace it with joy. Re- replace it with hope everlasting. We thank you. We love you. It's for your beautiful name and your glorious name that we pray. Amen. Let's say it, trademark. Jesus, you are better than anything in this world. I love you, Trademark. Have a great week.